you haven't picked up on it yet, we're talking about heaven this day and the things that are going on and being a part of it. You know, there's some people who will say, who have said, and maybe you're one of them, some people can be so heavenly minded they're no earthly good. But I want you to understand something this morning, that's a lie. That, that comes from Satan, it doesn't come from God. We can't, the problem we have on our earth is that we're not heavenly minded enough. The Bible teaches us very clearly, there's no question about it, that we need to keep our minds where God wants them to be on heavenly things and to being a part of it. We, we repeat a prayer that got Jesus, a model prayer that Jesus told his disciples when they asked him to teach them how to pray every week. And in that we say, may your will which is in heaven be done as it is on earth. Well, how do we know the will of God in heaven if we don't think about the things of heaven? If we don't have heaven on our mind, if we're not aware of the things that are going on, God makes it very clear of the things that we need to do. Colossians, in the book of Colossians in chapter 3, he tells us that we're to set our minds on things above, not on things on this earth. As we think about and look about together, our minds need to be shaped, our hearts and our lives need to be shaped by the things of heaven and the things that are going on. But the problem that so many of us have is that we're so attached to this world that we're not willing to let heaven have a part of our life. We're not willing to let what God is trying to teach us and, and trying to show us about the glories of heaven and how that should affect the way that we live day by day that we, we don't really think about it that much as we look at it. The book of, as we look in the Bible, the book of 2 Corinthians tells us that we're not to think about things, temporal things, because temporal things are just the things that we see. But keep our mind on eternal things, those things that are beyond what earthly eyes see, but see through the eyes of our Father. See through the one who sees all things as they are supposed to be, as they're meant to be, and gives explanation and understanding to the things that are there as we look and as we understand. You see, we're supposed to live with a passion for God. We're supposed to be living with an understanding and a desire to realize that all that God is doing in our lives and what he's working at is preparing us for that which he has prepared for us as a people of God and the things that are going on as we look together and as we think together as a people that God wants us to be and being a part of that kind of thing. We're to understand that this world isn't our home. That we are pilgrims and sojourners on our way to home. That God has prepared a place that is beyond anything that we can imagine. And we've sung about and talked about these things this morning already as we look at it and as we see and as we look. See, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 that God has put eternity in our hearts. That means that God has chosen to place in every single person, even those without Christ, every person has in the depths of their heart a longing for heaven, a longing for God, a longing for that which is beyond what you and I can know and experience in this life and being a part of the things that are there. It's placed there. It's what's supposed to drive us and direct us in the things that are going on as we look beyond that. John the Revelator was given a great opportunity to be able to step into heaven with God for a little while and, and to see all that God had in heaven and the things that are there. And in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, I'm going I'm to read more than what's just on the screen because I've got to read it. I tell Jenna every Sunday morning, I've, I've worked on a sermon all week long and I've thought about it and prayed about it and, and for some reason every Sunday morning God just starts pouring things into my mind about that sermon that he didn't bother to tell me the rest of the week. And I'm trying to figure out how's that all supposed to fit in now to what I've already prepared and all the things that I have to do and say. 
and y'all don't want to stay as long as what I have to say, and so I have to figure out how to leave out part of it to get us to where we need to be in the places that we are. But I'm going to read a little more scripture because there's just there's so much of what this says. So as we begin, I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to start in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, and then we're going to move over, read verses 8 through 11, and then a little bit out of chapter 5, and, and uh, just, just to hear what it is that God's wanting to do as we understand some things about this together in looking at what he's saying and talking about. First of all, in chapter 4 and verse 1, he says, After these things... I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. And then moving over to verse 8, the scripture goes on to say, And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, and full of eyes round and within, and the day and night, they did not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. And the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. To him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you are created all things and because of your will they exist. It existed and were created. Then if we skip over into chapter 5 and pick up in verse 9, and it says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And then I looked. And I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them I heard saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, to be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Would you join with me in prayer? Father, this morning, I confess there's no way on earth that I could ever even begin to, to capture the wonder of what heaven is about. But that's really not what this is about this morning as much as it is how... The understanding of the reality of heaven, the, re, the knowledge of, of what heaven is there for us to see and, and what it's to teach us and help us to be the people of God. What, what should we gain? What should we know? How should it affect the living of our lives day to day as we come, become more and more like Christ, as we live out the faith that you've placed within us by the gift of salvation and grace? Father, help us today to hear the wonder and to understand that all these things are true and because of the reality of heaven, it ought to make a difference in who we are and how we live and what we do. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I, there's, there's a lot of things I, I could say, but I'm going to just take some time this morning to, to focus on seven things. There's a whole lot more. But you see, when God opens a door, like he did there in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, Bible says, John said, God opened a door in heaven. 
and said, come here. And when God opens a door, and especially when he invites us into that door, we need to pay attention. We need to listen to what it is that he's wanting us to learn, what's he wanting to teach us, be aware of what's going on. Because when God opens a door, there's always something amazing that's going to be a part of what we're going to experience and what we see together and the things that are there. So I want to share seven things that I believe ought to be how heaven ought to affect the way you and I live, how, the way you and I think, the way you and I act toward one another and toward a lost world in which we live together. See, if we keep heaven on our mind, first of all, it increases our knowledge of God. The Bible tells us that heaven is the residence of God. That God has always existed. There's never been a time when he didn't exist. And even before we could talk about things with heavens and earths and stars and planets and all the things that are there, God existed. God was. He is. He will always be. There will never be a time, never has been, never will be a time that God hasn't been. And as we focus, as we understand heaven, as we begin to allow ourselves to get a glimpse of what it is, God speaks to us from heaven. God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his prophets. He speaks to us through his teachers. He speaks to us through life's experiences and the things that are going on. But God is making us more aware of him. And our knowledge of heaven allows us to hear and understand that God so loved us that he took a moment in time in history. Before time began, he had already planned it. But in a moment in time in history, that he so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son that he would come here and die for our sins and being a part of it. Understanding heaven helps me to realize that I am a sinner, that I need a Savior, and that there's no way on, on earth that I can ever find the right relationship to God, that I can ever be forgiven, that I can ever hope to have an eternal future with God except by the grace of God through Jesus Christ and all that he's offered. Heaven helps me to understand the importance of what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. Helps me to understand him more about his character, his majesty, his holiness, his righteousness, the fact that he's so far beyond everything that we can even even begin to imagine as we think together about all those things we continue to discover more and more and more universes and galaxies and things that are out there and all that does is just tell us that the expanse of God is so much greater than anything that man could ever begin to conceive that he's more than we can ever hope to know in the fullness of it and yet he became a man he dwelt among us that we might begin to understand something of who he is heaven to earth to help us to realize that the more we think about heaven and concentrate upon what God teaches about himself and his holiness, the better we know him. But the more we think about heaven also, it purifies our daily living. See, the Bible tells us that God is holy and that you and I have been commanded by his word to be holy, that we are to be a people that who have been set apart for God to be sanctified is what the word is, but it means to be set apart for God. To be living holy lives. To live lives that give him glory and honor and being a part of that. How do we do that? We're not holy. We're sinners, the Bible tells us. But we've been redeemed. We've been changed. There's been something that's happened in your life, in my life. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been changed. And we don't need to go along any longer with that old thought that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, we are sinners saved by grace. But we're different than we were before we were saved because God's changed our makeup, changed our character, changed our nature, changed the way that we think, changed who we are. We're a people of God. We're the children of God, and we need to keep that in mind. And it means that we need to live in such a way that it gives glory to God and live 
live in the way that we're supposed to live on this earth so that other people might encounter God in the wonder of who He is and the things that are going on. It teaches us those things as we look at it. Third, if we keep heaven in our mind, it helps heal our broken hearts. You know, the more we think about heaven, the more we realize what a great, great thing God has done in preparing our futures in taking care of those that have gone before us. You know, Paul said in Romans 8, I don't even think the things of this earth, all the suffering and all the problems and all the heartaches, and they are tremendous. No one would belittle how hard it is to live this life. But Paul said it's not even worth thinking about when I begin to think about heaven. When I begin to get heaven on my mind, then everything on this earth gets put in the right kind of perspective. That it's temporary, it's not eternal. That it has an end to it because there's a greater thing coming. As we look and as we understand, it reminds me of the story of the lady who had her preacher over and was talking about her funeral. And, and uh, she was planning the funeral and talking about everything about that was going on. And as he was getting ready to leave, she said, one last thing, I want to be buried with a fork in my hand. You've heard it before. She said, because... Dessert's always the best thing, and I, I, you know, I, I don't want to leave before the dessert. I want that dessert to be a part of it. God wants us to understand heaven's amazing. And the people that you and I know, that we love, that we cherish, that have affected our lives, if we could see them, what joy is there as we look at it. And so the more we understand the wonder of heaven and the concept of heaven, and we'll never grasp it in our humanity, in our weak minds, but, but the more we think about it, the more we grasp it, the more we realize what an amazing place it is and how it brings comfort to our hearts to realize that we never ever need to have sorrow for those who are there. It's our hearts that are hurting. Because they have been comforted. They have been healed. They, they, all things are well. For and the good news is, well, it's all good news. We're going to see them again. <laughs> We're going to be where they are. That's what the scripture says. That's not what I said. The Bible says. We're going to see them again. We're going to be with them. And the more we think about heaven, it deal, helps us to deal with the griefs of life, the sorrows, the heartaches. They're still here. They're still real. But it makes them more able to, be to bear them better because we know the truth that cannot be taken away. Not only the more we think about heaven, but it also increases the motivation that we ought to have for evangelism. See, if you and I really believe heaven is real, then hell has to be real. And none of us like to believe that. I don't even believe Christians believe hell is real. But folks, it is. And no matter how much we hate it, those without Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are going to spend an eternity in that place. I don't care if they're the person that you love more than you love anything in all the world. That's what's going to happen if they don't know Jesus Christ. Every person without Christ is going to spend an eternity separated from God. And if we understand what heaven holds and, and what God has done in preparing heaven and the fact that it's a gift that's available for anyone and everyone, no one ever has to go to hell. They have to want to go to get there because they have to say no to the gift of God in Jesus Christ. 
He's given the answer. He's given the road. He's given the path. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We can get to the heaven because of what God has done for us. And we need to understand, and it motivates us. It causes us to realize that, the, that people need to know Christ, that, that people need to know that, and, and thinking about heaven and all that's there should give me in my heart a desire. Every person I meet, I, I want to go. I want you to go there. Have you ever been someplace that you just wish everybody could go? Or seen something that, you, man, I just wish everybody I know could see that. I've been a few places like that in the world. I'd do anything in the world if I could just, if, if I could just get people there. I, I would, you know, I'd pay their expenses. I'd, do, I'd twist their arm. I'd do whatever I had to do if I could just get them to go to that place. But I can't do that. I can't afford it. I can't do a lot of things, reasons I can't do that. But, folks, God has given me the opportunity to be sure that everyone can get to heaven. Everyone can see heaven. Not because of anything that I do, except for the fact that I get to offer the invitation that God's already made available. Did you know? God's preparing for you a place called in heaven. And he wants you there. And he wants to write your name in his book of life. And he wants to hold you in his hand and call you his child. He did that just for you through Jesus Christ on the cross. You can go to heaven. You know, see, there's nobody you know. There's nobody you've ever met, nobody you ever will meet that can't go to heaven. But the problem is most of us don't ever tell them. They don't know they can get there. And folks, not everybody talking about heaven's going. And that's a sad thing that ought to break our hearts. That's why heaven ought to motivate us to do more and more and more about what's going on, about what God wants to do so that they can reach heaven as we look at it. Seven, uh, fifthly, it, it, heaven ought to motivate, when we think about heaven, it, 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 it should create within us a, a greater sense of generosity. We ought to be more giving than we've ever been before. The Bible tells us not to lay up treasures here on earth, but to lay them up in heaven. And we ought to be living our lives, not just the finances that we have, but the time that we have, the abilities that we have, the things that God has given us. We ought to be investing those in heaven, in the things of God, in the things that God wants to do, those things that have permanence, those things that are eternal, and all the things that are there as we look at it. And the more we think about heaven and the more we realize what it's about, the more I want to give to the reality. I want to be a part of making it possible. I want to give more money, yes, because ministry can happen and more people can have the chance to hear the gospel and, and have a Bible in their hands and all the kind of things that we can do through ministry. I, I need to give more time because there's people out there that, that need to experience the grace of God and the word of God and they need to see someone talking with them and living before them and being a part of it. I need to take that which God has given me, whatever it may be, little or great, doesn't matter, in time and talents and energy and all the things that I have and sharing that gospel with people and telling them that there's a heaven that's been prepared for them. There's a place that God wants them to be with him. I need to be more generous in everything about me in the world in which I live. Heaven on my mind will also help me to see the urgency of my ministry in Christ. Jesus said we need to work now while it's day because the night's coming when no one can work. Amy Carmichael said, we have all of eternity to celebrate the victories, but we only have a few short days to gain them. We don't have forever. We have today. 
And we need to live today in that sense of urgency that we want life to be at its fullest and at its greatest, that we want to enjoy what God's prepared for us. Yes, we want that abundant life. We want the fullness of what God had, but we don't want anyone else to miss it either. We want them to be a part of it. There ought to be a sense of urgency that we need to do this now. I can't say, well, next week I'll do this or next I'll get around to this some other time because we don't know. The Bible is filled with occasions when people took time into their own hands and tried to manage it themselves and said, I'll do this when I want to do this. And God said, "Uh, no, it happens when I say it happens. You're not in charge. We need to give God the time the urgency of what's going on and being a part of it. And then finally, heaven multiplies joy in our lives. When we think about heaven, it brings a greater joy in the sense of it. The Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 11, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. In thy right hand are the pleasures forevermore. You know, there's, there's so many scriptures and so many songs and things that are a part of going on. Uh, uh, one of the songs that came to my mind is, uh, I've got heaven on my mind and I'm feeling mighty fine. You know, it's, it's the way that it is. There's a joy. There's a sense of, of celebration when I understand that heaven is mine, folks. I know that's true. I belong in heaven. That's, God's already created that for me. He's already written it down, my name in heaven. I've got a reservation that's taken care of. It's all mine. I can rejoice in heaven. I can know the joy of life in this earth, even in the most depths of the deepest despair, because this is only temporary. I've got a place that can't be taken away from me. The deed can never be withheld. Nothing can ever be done to remove it from my possession. I have heaven as my own. And that ought to bring joy. That ought to bring celebration in our life when we think about it as we live. Sure, life is hard, and it's not going to get any easier. It's going to get harder. I know that doesn't sound like good news, but I'm just telling you that no matter how hard it gets, it's only temporary. Even if that temporary seems like years, it's still temporary. Because there's a moment coming when I'm going to close my eyes on this earth, and I'm going to exhale my last breath. And then in the same instant, I'm going to inhale heaven in the presence of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. What great joy. What an amazing promise is ours. What truth belongs to us as we think about it. So, folks, we ought to think about heaven. We ought to let heaven be a part of our minds. You cannot have heaven on your mind so much that you're no earthly good. The problem is that we have earth on our minds that we're no good, period. We need to keep heaven on our mind because that will direct our thoughts, our lives, our way we live, the way we treat one another. It will help us to see in a new perspective how we face life and all the issues of life and all the things that are there. It won't make life any easier. It won't take away the problems. It won't solve all the issues of our life, but it will give us such an understanding of what they mean and how they live out that it will give us to see the perspective from heaven in such a way that nothing on this earth can touch what God is doing in our hearts and our minds because of the truths of heaven that it will make us different people and it will cause us to live in a different way and we'll live with greater victory and with greater joy and we'll live with greater urgency and greater potential and greater purpose in all that we are because we have heaven on our minds. Folks, I challenge you to keep heaven on your mind. To keep heaven on your mind. Because it ought to affect everything that we do and everything that we say 
into everything that we are. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, what an amazing place heaven is. And I know I can't say that from personal experience. I've never been there. But I've read about a lot of people in your word that have. But most of all, I've been told about it by you. And it's your home. And in you there's no darkness. In you there's no falseness. And so everything that you say about heaven is true. And everything that you promise will happen. And God, I just pray that you would help my mind and my life to be so affected by the reality of heaven that it touches all that I am, that it, it touches my evangelism and my ministry, that it touches my giving, that it touches my motivation to, to live rightly before you and to know you better and all the things that are going on, that it fills me with a greater sense of joy and all the possibilities and promises that are offered to me in Christ. Father, just help me keep heaven on my mind in order that I might live on earth the life you've called me to live. We have both feet on earth because this is where you want us to be right now. And as we walk on earth, we need to be breathing heavenly air in order that our lives are filled with hope and our lives are filled with promise and our lives are filled with potential and our lives are filled with the reality that this earth is not our home, but we're simply passing through, that we have a place prepared for us. But as we go, we need to go joyfully. We need to go victoriously. We need to go sharing the gospel. We need to go guiding other people to heaven. We need to go telling people that I know of a place that is the greatest place that man could ever know or imagine, and I have an invitation for you that you might be a part of that place as well. Father, we need to be more about the kingdom, the things of heaven, so that we live rightly now here on earth. So speak into our hearts during these moments of invitation. And may we each in our own way, individually, respond to the things that you've spoken to us this morning, whatever they may be and however you may have spoken them. Through the beautiful message that Allie shared with us that no matter how we may feel about ourselves, no matter how the world may feel about ourselves, you have an attitude toward us, you love us. You accept us. You've made us your own. And we can believe that to be true. And we can know that because it's true, that heaven is ours. And because heaven is ours, we can live differently upon this earth. We ought to live differently. It ought to affect all that we are. So let us commit ourselves this morning to being heavenly-minded people so that we can bring the will of God in heaven to reality here on earth. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.